you have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. I honestly don't even think that Gorsese reaches that level anymore. Not not that it's a level of quality. It's like, but he comes out with stuff like Hugo, which fucking I skipped that. Then he's coming out with this Killers of the Flower Moon. I, I'm not sure how interested I, I am in that. Mike. You know, the thing about my stepfather was he was a cold man, not really the hug type or like, I don't know, not even like the empathetic type at all. I wouldn't, I can never remember a time where he was like, I'm there for you. That never fucking happened. And I spent all my formative years from like 10 years old to through high school with this fucking guy. So that was unfortunate. And Scott. It's great. And it's also really disconcerting that like nothing has changed about these fucking roller coasters mm. also what's a little unnerving is how these fucking things just go down all the time it's just like oh uh, it's not it's not running now something's wrong with the millennium force like it's not fucking running and you're like what is it safe talk show that's what it's called <laughs> sometimes i forget what it's called it's a, it's a safe talk show welcome in michael govier and luke and no john scott today he is a changed man. He's busy now. And wow, dude. Unfortunately, he's going to be busy for the next little bit. So he's working on a new job experience, and we're going to miss him. But that's okay because we're here. We got you covered. It's just the two of us, me and Luke, and we are... We work very well together, okay? We're some twosome. We're some twosome. <laughs> gruesome twosome it's the first thing i thought of when i thought of uh, doing a show together i'm like oh i gotta get that gruesome twosome audio for sure yes yes john john scott is sadly re-entering re the the workforce like a like a man being put into a cold ice bath and he is he is contracting immediately he has uh no he has no sense of his own wherewithal or orientation in this world. I get it. It's tough, man. When you start a new job after uh, having to deal with this unemployment nonsense and all that, it's uh, it, it's tough. Uh, I I assume he'll be back next week. Uh, back on my if team? not next week, maybe the week after. But hell, oh, he's our little he's our little champion. He's our warrior. Um, but he is also playing some dumbass softball league tonight where they play for 60 minutes at a time. Uh, he gets like two at bats. I have no idea why he's doing it, but he continues to be committed. He's a very committed guy, so he shouldn't awesome. have signed up for it. It's bullshit, but yeah, love well, him. Softball's regardless. fun. You want to play softball, you play it. So you make a commitment to a team and you stick to it. So combined it's with true. the job and the, his commitments. He's just a busy man right now. And frankly, we had already man. talked to earlier this week about giving him a little break. Like, hey, get yourself straight. Get yourself together. Settle into your job. And then we'll bring you back aboard the squad. You'll be back on the team before you know it. Get back on my team. And it'll be fine. <laughs> so in the meantime, it's just me and Luke today. We got a yeah. bunch of emails that we're going to get to here rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, I know one of our uh, fellow show. By the way, it's is it safe pot at gmail.com. Five-star review, guys. If you've never five-star reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can do us a favor. We really like doing this show, and it'd be nice to continue to see the show grow. I, I really don't know uh, 
if we get any traction at all. I've never really looked at our numbers, but um, we'll yeah, look at the analytics. Yeah, the, you know, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to the analytics. And yeah, no, Mike, to your point a while back. Yeah, want somebody to listen to this show. We definitely need to find a way to promote it. So we'll we'll be we'll be doing that. I, I don't want to. Uh, first of all, I don't want the show to like peter out before we hit 100 episodes. We got to get there. Got to hit 100. Yep. We're not petering and, out. I mean, that's not happening. No, I'd, no, we're not going anywhere. John Scott is a crucial part of the show, and I want him to know that. I already told him that we can't have a show without him. It just it'll be tough. We'll get through it. We'll do our shows here. We'll see. Tucson will do their thing. But we yeah. work very well together. Well, this was actually, you know, actually recording with you. That was our first. That was my first foray into podcasting in general. Was uh, just you and me having a having a podcast, and we did that. We I think we did three episodes or so. We didn't publish them. We were just doing kind of like dry runs, and then. Hmm. Uh, and then this one kind of started and then, uh, you know, you came on board and, and changed the whole dynamic for, for good, obviously. But yeah, oh, this was, okay. this is what uh, originally started. I came on, I think I came on as like a guest on cinema nine and wasn't like thrilled with my, you know, <laughs> my appearance uh personally but you were like oh let's let's do this anyways and then we started we did a couple of recordings i don't even think we had a name for it just like luke and mike's podcast <laughs> maybe God it was mike it. and luke's podcast i don't know any who's there remember, yeah, i barely remember doing that i thought we i thought we did like a movie review with the two of us that's how i recall it but hell, we, did ra- I, we did a we did a raging we did a raging recording about <laughs> politics during the 2020 uh, primary. Oh, and we have it. I think we've got it. We've got it recorded like in our like Google Drive or whatever. And I, I remember sending it to my brother and he was like, it's pretty good. Maybe less uh, less rape talk and less uh, F words. And I was like, OK, oh. that's that's fair. That's a fair uh, piece of feedback. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate that. And you know, speaking of him, he wanted us to cover leftovers from last week. I looked, I listened to the end of last week's episode on the cliffhangers, and it was basically about the debt jubilee you mentioned. So, if you want to talk okay. about that, go ahead. I, you know, I. Well, it's you know, it's shit. If that was the only like real cliffhanger, then I feel like I okay. I can just say this: <clears throat> there's a guy out there. There are a few people. One is Asher Taylor. She's been running the debt collective for a very long time. And All right, just forget it. she's the one that basically started this movement and put the pressure on, you know, every administration, but especially this one to do the bare minimum. And so she's amazing. She's an organizer. Uh, very, very fucking smart. Uh, there's another guy named Marshall Steinbaum. Uh, S-T-E-I-N-B-A-U-M. Marshall Steinbaum who is absolutely fucking brilliant, a complete genius, has done a lot of work on a lot of work on student debt and how that works. And forget so me, but you should forget it. If you're a podcast person, just look up any podcast episode that has him in the in the title. Just search for his name or search for him on YouTube. And uh, then there's another guy named Sparky Abraham who Oh Sparky is, Abraham. You know who he is? <laughs> no. <laughs> just a funny okay. name. Sparky yeah. Abraham. 
Hey, buddy. Another, <laughs> it's a great name. It's an absolutely Marky, great name. Little buddy. He's he's one of these guys game. that he's one of these guys that makes like no fucking money. Uh, has a Harvard like Harvard law degree, but he works helping uh, indigent people get out of uh, terrible, you know, debt peonage. So that's another great person to look up. And so there's nothing really, you know, there's nothing really I can talk about, you know, regarding the, the, the Jubilee, but yeah, when it came to, when it came to uh, other civilizations that were like on the brink of collapse. So one of the main reasons they were on the brink of collapse is the fact that they had everybody in there. Everybody was indebted. They were indebted to the point where they had literally no buying power. They became, homeless uh angry and so the only way to kind of relieve the the pressure and change civilization and and make sure that it didn't crumble uh was to have a debt jubilee and also was considered something that was it was also considered something that was you know fair humanitarian and decent to do yeah but those people were never as comfortable as the people in the united states of america are today so it's a much different situation when you look back through history, all right. the people got pissed off and they revolted because it got so bad. Life was already a lot more shitty. They didn't have all these creature comforts that pacify a lot of us. So it it's even more difficult than ever in this country to get to that point. It's going to take a long time. I said that before on the show. It'll be a long time after we're gone before there's ever any type of true organizational breakout. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Mike. When it comes to this uh, student debt debate, you know, we've often been everybody's been kind of like fighting over the these kind of policy positions. But sometimes, you know, I wonder just what's it like to just be a fucking student? And I I go back through what it was like to to go to college to like try to get a job to try to find an apartment to try to do any of this shit and it was an absolute fucking nightmare every step of the way and i don't understand the uh well i do understand i guess why people say like well why should we pay for your college first of all that's obviously completely incorrect nobody is paying for our college but i don't know if you had any conversations with people that are naysayers that's have given you any decent points? Mm, no. But why None, do you need right? to wreck this company? Because it's wreckable, all right? No. <laughs> there you go. I don't really. That I don't probably says it all. <laughs> I don't engage in discussion with people like that anyway, so I'm not really going out of my way to have any discourse because my experience is the people I'm surrounded by, I guess that's a really sad statement about my own life is I just don't, feel that I'm going to make any impact on the people around me. They're all locked and entrenched in their personal points of view. So I don't, yeah, I don't make the effort to try to even engage in these discussions. Message. Yeah. Sad. Very sad, but it's true. You know what? It's I, I good, mean, I don't see a lot of people every day anyways. I guess the people I engage with, we're talking about, we're always locked in on what we're doing next. So, you know, working on fantasy sports stuff or, uh, you know, working on stuff that's not as important. So we don't have to get, we don't find ourselves, or at least I don't find myself in a lot of conversations where we're talking about the ills of society or the actual challenges before many of us 
for some reason. That's the life I live, I guess. And maybe I've chosen you know, it that way. Maybe I've made it easier. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? You know what happens to me like uh, on a daily basis is uh, my brain breaks after trying to like think this shit through too much, and I can't. I can't possibly read another thing or listen to another thing about it. So I start watching shit like, um, you know, uh, most epic Mike Tyson knockouts. And I start watching <laughs> shit like I start watching shit like uh, how to. Oh, man. What is this? Yep. This YouTube channel, which is called uh, it's called People's University. It's fucking hilarious. It's by this guy who was an who was a uh, former police officer and lieutenant or sergeant uh, let's get ready to rumble and he and he and he like he just shows all these videos these people of like the only way to have video of this is if like you actually have your cell phone out and you're taking video of like your encounters with cops it is fucking hilarious it's like watch Watch this guy own a cop in 60 seconds. And it's stuff like that. And it's like, I, that, and wow, I find myself, dude. I was like, what am I doing? What am I watching? What's happening? I just went from, you know, yep. having this really, I was in this one mental space and then it just all flushed out, just completely empty. And then that's what I'm watching. Now, but it, are you threatening me, dick? But very useful information. So People's University, I believe that's what it's called. Uh, check it out. It's, I know it's exactly. not but, a bad no, time. Let's go back to, who cares about that? Let's go back to the point you just made about three hours wasted or two hours suddenly wasted because you go down these rabbit mm -hmm. holes, whatever mm -hmm. hole you want to call them. You know, we just did a contact last week on Cinema 9. Wormhole, whatever you want to call it, okay? It's a portal to wasted portal. space. It's a portal to a waste. Although you will holes. get a few laughs. You might chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did that this morning. Yeah. I did that this morning. I was super tired too. Like I totally wanted to go back to bed, but I found myself, I had lost two and a half hours of time. I seriously did because I just started watching. The, I watched this one video on YouTube on my phone in bed. And then I started watching all these shorts and I started scrolling through shorts for two hours Ugh. it's what? unbelievable Be yeah because they're like, only like five seconds long it they're so short and they're not they're even like short. 20 seconds yeah they're, they're yeah. like 20 to 30 oh, 20 seconds. seconds all right yeah some of these are they're never like five seconds they're like you know, it's always like a sopranos clip that's 30 seconds so like and it's got that dark ominous music underneath it and it's just <laughs> i know how they do it i know all the tricks of it and uh, I watch them, and I see it. And then there's like a Neil deGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson video that gets mixed in, and I watch those because I've been thinking about that stuff. So they're putting more of those in my algorithm feed because yep. they know that's what I want. So they, they're like, oh, look at you. He likes this stuff. It's shocking, but it's true. That's the final ruling on that. So <laughs> it's really about these, it's these distractions that no one is above. Nobody is beyond this. We're all sucked into it it's like these advertising tricks that have been going on for decades right yes they know exactly what to do and how to drag us in oh, oh yeah i've so noticed that i've noticed that the algorithm is way more responsive to me in the shorts section so in the shorts section it's like it's very it's very keyed into things that i've searched and things that mm -hmm. i've watched or whatever but in like my general kind of youtube feed which is clearly still like on the old uh it's 
you know, it's uh, it's on the old like paradigm. So the prior algorithm, it's still garbage, right? I still see just a bunch of crap that I would never ever watch in a million years. But those shorts, <laughs> the shorts that's me. The shorts, the shorts are so dialed in; it's amazing. Yeah, they're Neil deGrasse Tyson clips. They're um, oh, they've even thrown some Jordan Petersons in there. I don't know where those came from. Oh man. Are you watching hate videos or love videos? No, he's very Jordan Peterson. He's very popular. He's very popular on YouTube because so he, they're he just throwing up. him in there. You haven't searched for any Jordan Peterson. I think I know why they showed up because when my brother stayed at my house a couple months ago, oh boy. I just let him go to town on my YouTube. And oh God, Jordan Peterson is known for. He became famous <sighs> due to the incel movement. In case you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, he's a academic slash philosopher, if you will, from Canada, which is surprising because. Canadians are usually yeah. very, very nice. He's kind of going against the grain on that one. But Canadi- Canadians uh, are often pretty smart, too. He's a fucking idiot. Well, he's also very much a part of like these bottom line dime store psychology slash quips yes. about improving yes. your life. So it's not yes. just about all that stuff. He's kind of all over. He gets peppered into a lot of the, Hey, improve your life this way. Here's the bottom line. I got one thing for you. I'm going to say it like this and it's going to blow your mind. And the people, they don't know who he is. They don't know him from anybody else half the time. So if they just hear the words, he says to them, it does sound legitimate. Like, uh, I don't know. Let me, let me pull one example up just to give it. Me, why should I me, pretend? When yeah. I I'll, 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 I'll say this too. I mean, to anybody who has never read a fucking book, uh, he's going to sound smart, but he's a, he is a fucking monkey. He doesn't know anything, but he <laughs> is the best at fucking selling it. And he's able to sell his shit to a bunch of like the people that he, he appeals to most I've noticed are a bunch of like athletes and like workout types, guys who like don't read books, but like love listening to love reading about supplements and you know how to <laughs> how to max out your pecs you know that those guys who believe that they're they're men slash masculinists which is a word that i never heard until jordan peterson came out and now i see guys now we see guys wearing t-shirts that say masculinist on it and it's oh like, really i haven't seen those so. yeah i've seen them well that's allegedly fucking unbelievable allegedly, so all right, so let, this is fun. That we're just can't believe do this. this guy's a philosopher. It's a fucking joke. I'm just gonna click on the first short on my Palazzo Podcast YouTube. We're just gonna go through it real quick. Here we go. He likes good-looking women. What's this one? <laughs> he sees a beautiful woman. He doesn't think. I don't know why this one showed up. <laughs> this is from. <laughs> he has so many women. <laughs> they love him. It's a movie clip. <laughs> Yeah, they, they love him. I mean, he's married. Yeah, but he's... <laughs> oh, my God. No, right. no. She was Jewish. She shouldn't have done it. But There you go. There's the giveaway. You didn't see this girl. Inglorious Bastards? I saw this girl. Schindler's this List. Girl. That's uh, oh, Schindler's List. That's Same Ray Fiennes playing an f- uh, incredible performance by Ray Fiennes. So, for some reason, I'm getting Schindler's List the scenes. Cops. All right, next. Sir, these that orders are from Army Command. You have to read them. Shall we hold back the This is from 1917. I've never even seen 1917. I'm skipping that one. It looked terrible. Uh, Jamie Foxx nearly kills Tom Cruise. This is from Collateral. We're in the car and we're driving. We're supposed to do this stunt where I what is happening? crash into I another know, Jordan this Peterson. Is, right? but it's this is how it starts. 
If I give oh, you this God. check to hit the reset <laughs> button and start over. Fucking Dr. <laughs> Phil. This is the oh, yeah, this has been. So yeah, I know. Here we go. Shark Tank okay. clips. I don't know where these came from. They're peppering my. And 2020 was 1.27 million. It's just nonstop what? with these fucking. What? This is when you start, you start thinking about who the fuck did I give my logins to? What is going on? House? I've never seen House, the show with you, Laurie? What? Where are these coming from? I have no idea. It's no secret that Justin wants to be black. Can we Kevin Hart? Stand up? I don't think Kevin Hart's stand up is good at all. I really don't. My thing is this, Justin, I just want you to come to terms with the fact that you're. Is that about like Justin Goriano? <laughs> his name is? It was about Justin Bieber. My battalion has oh my god, Valkyrie? The movie Tom Cruise, the English speaking Valkyrie movie about Operation Valkyrie? Holy moly. I saw that movie once like 13 years ago. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Is it Star true Wars? that you asked George Lucas to kill Han Solo off during the uh, the original, the first three movies? Oh my god. Rich, run. Oh, this is Tom <laughs> Hardy. Tom Hardy from the movie Legend, where he plays two characters. I've never seen that movie either. <laughs> Oh, another Shark Tank one. Another Shark Tank. Mark Cuban's depressed. Just give me what has gone down is one of the best throws of all time. Baseball one. Happened. The best throw Vladimir? ever. Great. Oh another Valkyrie God. clip. Oh my God! Another Valkyrie clip. How are there two Valkyrie clips? What are? What is the point? The Nobody has seen that movie. <laughs> Nobody cares. That movie was 15 years ago, and it sucks. I can't believe. I know. I can't believe Tom Cruise is coming up on the show again. That was a yes. Brian Singer movie, wasn't uh, it? Is the DB oh, was it? playing against the most? Isn't it? Isn't Valkyrie a brain singer film? You have a career of super villains? I'm not no, quite sure. He doesn't. So double check that. You're not is it just that? Is that somehow your account is following a bunch of pedophiles? <laughs> this is from the Peacemaker. I've never seen this. Is a new one. Uh, Peacemaker's good. Yeah, Peacemaker's yeah, a good show. I agree. Batman doesn't kill people because he's a pussy. He's a dark creature of the night. He's a jackass. Who wrestles with yeah. murderers dressed like clowns and throws them in yeah, prison <laughs> so they can break out of prison and then murder more people. Real me this. How many people do you think Batman's indirectly murdered by being too much of a candy ass not <laughs> to kill these fools who clearly need to be smoked once and for all, you wrinkly, sharp pay looking dimension-fested fuck? Jesus. <laughs> Just trying to make conversation. <laughs> all right. That's that a great scene. That's, that's really, really funny. Fun. And then someone really sends me good. a clip of you. No, Talk. Jordan Peterson. Uh, you got to be John, kidding me. So. You did, John Wick scenes. I know we're on like video eleven. Mark Hamill <laughs> talking about something. Uh, Tom Hardy and Black Hawk Down. You know, I've never seen Black Hawk Down. I've always wanted to watch it, but I've never actually watched it. That's a Ridley Scott yeah, movie. No, I've got no uh, moxie for it. Do you know I, in I Saving Private Ryan, in this scene when Upham emerges from I don't hiding? Have the ability to watch this either. I think that movie's fucking. <laughs> oh, it's Kevin Spacey. I would do anything to pass with yeah. Kevin Space. Is this from K-Pax? Or pay it forward? I don't know. It looks like it. You're getting K-Pax? You are getting K-Pax What is that? I don't know why. I don't know why! What? What? Is this algorithm? Here's my okay, it's a I'm taking back difference. everything I said about the When they go over a mountain peak, the they don't go over like this as soon as they get to the top. <laughs> that was Miles Teller from Top Gun, the new one. Hey! Jeez. I've never seen the new one. Girl? Uh, this is from Tokyo Drift. Good God. Did you know in Shutter Island? The traumatic Ooh, killing of Nazi guards of Dachau concentration camp is an uh, actual so historical event just, uh, that took place Mike's on April 29th, 1945. I'm just trying to find channel. one Jordan Peterson before I end this. I still can't find See, one. This is a bummer. Did you know that in Spider-Man? Spider-Man? Who cares? Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I guess I don't have as many Jordan Peterson videos as I thought I did. So. Well, given given all this right wing you know content, about Game I'm of Thrones surprised you after season Jordan five Peterson aired. The... Yeah, me too. This is unusual. Maybe it's under a different. Uh, I got a couple different YouTube accounts. Anyways, all right, I'm gonna give up on this. But that was just an. I hope that alone gave you. I assume a lot of people could relate to that because you've been out there, whether it's on TikTok or whatever fucking app you're using, and you've you've been scrolling the shorts, and scrolling your quick videos. I know you're doing it because I'm not alone. It's not just me. God, I just but, uh, searched was... Jordan Peterson, and this is gonna fuck up my algorithm for a while. But you gotta just just pull up some Jordan Peterson. Okay, well, yeah, let anything. me do it. I don't want to sacrifice you. All right, By the way, yeah. Jordan Peterson has he has 5.4 million subscribers yep. on YouTube. Wow, he sure does. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really impressive. Like, the the ephemeral fucking decay of our whole like uh, zeitgeist. Oh, here we go. Jordan Peterson shorts. Yep, these are exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, here we go. <laughs> How can you fun. tell if the person you're in a romantic relationship with is the right person to spend the rest of your This is what I'm talking about. These quick quips about life that make it that seem so simple in the end. Rather than discovering it, I might suggest what you might look for on the way to making that decision, a certain amount of similarity on the personality dimensions between <laughs> the two of you is probably... To be recommended. No shit. Person personality dimensions. Genius. Otherwise known as personality. Unbearably <laughs> rigid, orderly, and workaholic oriented. And that person is. Oh, yeah. He's like anti workaholics or something, which I'm, you know. And those are temperamental this is, this differences. This is how every jock large, talks after their first how philosophy 101. One of the reasons I think that literally how they the politics has bothered me so much. Some of it had to do with what I saw as limitations on free speech, which is I have to say the words that some authority or some population no, that's not demands that I say, which I don't like. They didn't um, tell him to do that. Your identity is not just required. Who, how? Oh, really? No, it wasn't legally it. required. He his whole thing, his the reason he blew up is that he was like refusing to use people's preferred gender pronouns and it was never required. Oh. It wasn't required by the university and it wasn't required by the state, but he made it sound like it was required. Every time you hear him speak about it he acts like he was being forced to fucking use somebody's preferred gender pronoun and it's like dude mm. just be just be respectful person what the fuck are you doing you're dying on this hill what the fuck is going on he's yeah, been he's like dying on this hill. motherfucking hill for like over 15 years or 10 years or whatever he's you feel such about a yourself bitch. at this moment and you can't impose that on other people because they don't know how to deal with that like, even if they wanted to, they wouldn't know the rules of the game. You have to negotiate your identity with other people. And so then you have to think of identity as something that's negotiated with other people. If you have an implicit theory of identity, like the one that seems to be increasingly dominating the cultural landscape, which is identity is something that's only subjectively determined and Walk can also off. change from moment to moment, then you're misleading people as they develop because they come up with a very unsophisticated notion of what identity is. It can be done to me to make me allow the government to compel my speech. That's not happening. And the reason for that, I believe the reason for that is because I spent decades studying totalitarianism. It's not it good. And the way the totalitarian shit. states develop is that people give up their right to be, to exist with their own thoughts. This is a fucking they lie. 
The individuals sacrifice their own souls to the dictates of the message. State, and then everything goes badly sideways. About? Well, how much evidence for that do we need? The uh, lies and tyranny of the state are aided and abetted by the moral sacrifice of the individual. It's not top down. Oh, the Nazis are telling you what to do and you're all innocent and obeying. That's not how it works. You falsify your, your being. Bit by bit. Oh, you falsify you your being. That's a good you one. you don't want to be. Falsify your and being. That's a that bad sounds smart. <laughs> that's what it is. Don't Everything falsify he your says being. Is complete fucking sophistry. Everything he says sounds smart, which is why, which is why I kind of joke about the fact that like this is what every jock wants to hear because he just tells you what you want to hear. You know, you don't have to be. It's also it also feeds into a lot of fucking homophobia and misogyny because, you know, that's where like the masculinist T-shirts come from. That's where it's like you don't have to be. You don't have to be afraid to be a man. Message. You know, <laughs> he really does did, sound so Canadian. I so when I hear him talk, Kermit. he's Kermit the Frog. He's so, can, he's so Canadian. You have to listen to him and then think of Kermit the Frog. That's how it's exactly how he sounds. Treating me like hilarious. I was soft, man. You treated me like I was violent. Dude, do you well, have a Kermit? Do you have a Kermit the Frog uh, clip that you can pull up like super fast? I bet well, you. The question is, do you want Kermit the Frog the original or post Jim Henson's death? The original. Oh, okay. I think we could do that. You know, Jim Henson died because he was stupid. You know, he's such a creative genius, but what a moron! Right. He died from he pneumonia at like fifty. dickhead. He <laughs> wouldn't go to the doctor. He refused to go to the doctor. What a fucking asshole. He fucking deprived <laughs> multiple generations of additional puppets that he could have been prancing around uh, for laughs. <laughs> it's funny. Is that still a common thing? You know, dudes and doctors, that thing hasn't gone away. There's still millions of dudes who are afraid to go. I'm not going to the doctor. Oh, man. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Here's Jim Henson on the Carson show. My next guest is a most imaginative With and talented Kermit gentleman who created the famous puppets who will be featured in a TV special at 8 o'clock tomorrow night called Look up this clip. You gotta see Johnny Carson's jacket. This is like late 70s. It's Hansen. awesome. It's so awesome. Does it look like a sofa? It, oh, it does. <laughs> it does. Oh, you know that. Oh, yeah. You know it. Look at an armchair. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a sofa. It looks like a sofa Dr. from 1978. Yes, doctor. Good to see you. Oh, right now he's holding the. Made big time. It's the guy with like the red beard with the purple top hat. I don't know which character that is. In the big room. I know. I've seen him. Jim Henson's holding him while he's sitting here talking to. It's it's like catastrophe music. That guy. Yeah. I know that guy. I just don't know which one. That guy. No, Who is that? He's an uh, animal. Is that animal? No, that's not. That's not animal. That's, yeah, he looks. He looks like animal. He's got a top hat. He's got a purple top hat with a green face and an orange beard and orange nose. So if anybody knows who that is, I bet you it's an early iteration of like the guys in the uh, booth. She's really fuzzy, though, man. I said it would have a Kermit on it. I'm disappointed. I'm surprised you couldn't find a Kermit Kermit clip. Keep the press. Well, that's what I typed in. Was Kermit? Oh, here we go. It's like a compilation. Jim Henson and some of his friends, and Dan Rowan will join us, and Larry Beezer, and this is another appearance. Jim Henson was a regular on Johnny Carson. And here's my old friend Kermit. Try to remember. Here we go. Hello, Kermit. Hello, there. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Are you going to be on the special tomorrow night, Kermit? No. 
You're not on the no, special? No, you know, they gave me one lousy line. <laughs> you know, no, I, I'm not going to work that show. Well, do you think maybe you're getting a little too old or something like that? You're the, you're the oldest of the group, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, was, uh, I, I was one of the first guys. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. A lot of thanks I get, you know? <laughs> so here, Jordan Peterson. Do How do young guys get it? You know, these young, long-haired rock kids. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, the same thing. Okay. What do you think of Dr. Play some George Peterson if you can. <laughs> <laughs> don't care for it at all. No, huh? frogs don't dig stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there isn't God. a goddamn thing that can be done to me to make me allow the government to compel my speech. That's not happening. And oh the reason for that, I believe the reason for that is because I spent <laughs> decades I think we've done a pretty decent job of determining oh, that's when right-wing right right beliefs become dangerous. Perfect. I think that they become dangerous when the people who stand on the right evoke notions of superiority or ethnic superiority. What I fail to see happening on the left, and this is with regards to the sensible left, is for the same thing to happen with regards to the radical left. If it's not diversity, inclusivity... The radical left is not woke that mark out identity politics, first off. Left, and with equity That's not the, the way, radical not left. Of he's a, but he's a fucking charlatan. Exactly, how do we demarcate the two extreme left? What do we do? We say, well, there's no such thing. You know what he does? You know what he does know? Left? He knows the game. He knows how to make money off fucking idiots. How to demarcate what's useful from the left sure he does. from what's powerful. If you're he's one making, of these people that yeah. like, wants to tell me about how smart Jordan Peterson is... Uh, you're a fucking idiot. You are the chump. What if you don't know what the product is, you are the chump. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's nothing. It's how's a nothing show, you know. No. Yeah. How's, how's your love life? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, that's fucking That was perfect. good. That was a great call. Look, uh, he's uh, Jordan Peterson type of guy. He knows what he's doing, so he's, he's not a moron. He might be a dickhead. He might be a insidious no, prick in a way, but he's just a weirdo. I I just think he's like a weird guy that. But let's be but let's be clear on this though. I want to make this point clear. The radical left is not about identity politics. It's about actual concrete change within economic and political systems that are more beneficial. Conditions. Yeah, to the masses, not not some. This is a. I don't know, would you say ad hominem or like, it's just like a, a complete misdirection and misunderstanding of what political science ends up being. Because political science has been hijacked and turned into a theater and it becomes about all these images and all of the substance of it has been removed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's all, it's all been turned on. It's all been turned to uh, culture, identity, politics, and people like him are fucking perfect for this day and age. He happened to be at the right moment at the right time. The right argument was happening. The right yep. uh, protest was happening at his university. And like I said, he keeps it's so funny because just taking away everything that he's written, which is absolute bananas. I've <laughs> I've tried reading. I have literally tried reading Maps of Meaning, which somebody pointed out on a podcast, which is hilarious, that Maps of Meaning, the uh, anagram is mom. <laughs> he clearly has uh, he clearly has some fucking unresolved fucking issues. But in in like what I've been doing is ad hominem. What you said was not ad hominem, but everything, take all that away, even the very specific thing that he is so tied to 
is an absolute lie because he keeps telling everybody he talks to that like the government was telling him what to say it's not a law you can't make that a law they still have freedom of speech they still have freedom of speech in canada and you got smoke (laughs) yep it's not like they can tell like they they can't you can't enforce language it's like you, you just can't do it. We we can't even do it. And Trump incited a goddamn riot on the Capitol. Like you still can't, you can't even do it here. So his whole like stolen valor, like uh, baby martyr shit that he does, it is. It should be embarrassing to him because it's insane, I think it, this guy's tank. I think he should be humiliated, and I think everybody who like knows him and is friends of him, pro- well, they probably don't talk to him, which is probably why he always talks to the press. Uh, this guy's yeah. this guy's a, a, a coward and a weirdo, and doesn't has never actually. I don't know how actually uh, passed his uh, his boards, you know, whatever they call them in in Canada, because there's no way he's a philosopher. He is not a philosopher. He doesn't make any philosophical arguments. He doesn't even have a a discernible syllogism in the entire bunch. I have tried to find one. I've tried to find some form of coherent, uh, you know, some form of coherent argument that you could articulate to somebody else. And you cannot. It is all madness. It's just random shit. Like I said, it's a it's the jock that just read one book and he's going to tell you about that book every goddamn day because he's not going to read another book ever. He's never going to read another book. And that's the one book that made him feel smart because he could understand it because it's totally incoherent. (laughs) All right. I guess that's enough of my Jordan Peterson thing. You ever think maybe this is why you fight so much? That's funny. Well said. Okay, we got emails. We got to get done for. I want time here, so yeah. we got a lot of emails. We got a new got emailer friends. this week. It's very exciting. New emailer Richard. Apparently, Richard heard uh, somebody told Rich that I talked about him recently when I told that story about the Andro back from Central Michigan on a recent episode. That was you who told him. Okay, good. That was me. Well, well Rich is a. Uh, Officially part of our <laughs> sphere now. Rich is a strong presence himself. Uh, he used to be very strong. He's still, you know, Dude, he doesn't have the same delts he used to have, but he's still hanging in there. Oh, he's uh, he's svelte now. He's no Nate Brown, but I mean, you know, who can be? Yeah, who can be? And uh, I don't know uh, who who wants to be. Uh, think about it. <laughs> uh oh. I feel like it. something's changed with him that I'm not aware of. All right. Uh, so this is the important topics from. Richard, our high school pal. We went to high school with Richard. We went to Central Michigan for a year. He was Luke's roommate at Central Michigan before Richard crapped out just like <laughs> I did. Yeah. Wow, dude. So there you go, Richard. In case people didn't know that about you. I hope you've been telling your kids about that so they can learn a lesson from you because you don't want your children to make the same mistakes. Uh, you so mean I make, make nice. the same mistakes and become super successful, have a giant-ass house and a bunch of kids and fucking have no financial that, that's worries? That's even more reason Holy to tell shit. these stories because he's got nothing yes. to be ashamed of. So exactly. I hopefully, yes, tell, them, tell everybody to never go to college. What a waste of time. Well said. All right. All right so Richard says, long-time <laughs> fan and first-time listener, I would cherish you all if you would do the following. Can you please debate the merits and long-lasting social impact of the Golden Girls. <laughs> Good God in heaven. I wish I had read this earlier. Please debate the pros and cons of Sega Genesis versus Super Nintendo. 
with thanks in my heart, Richard yeah. C. Okay, well, I got to tell you, uh, the long-lasting <laughs> social impact of the Golden Girls is strong because in the 90s, the Golden Girls were shit on after the show was over, at least coming up as teenagers that we were at that time. I mean, nobody was like, oh, I love the Golden Girls. Nobody said that. But, True. you know, this is what happens. The cyclical nature of United States pop culture where Journey is shit. Everybody hates Journey in the 90s. And then by the 2000s, Journey is incredibly popular. Everyone loves to be from South Detroit, you know, and all that shit. So the Golden Girls, I actually think it's not a bad show because it's about old women, and you don't get to see a lot of shows where women who are trying to deal with some of the matters they were dealing with in their older age. It's kind of refreshing mm -hmm. in a way. So that's I think the Golden Girls was a solid show, and I'm glad that it existed. And I also... I also have, for the record, I got to be clear on this. I have a Golden Girls <laughs> magnet set that I bought for three ninety nine at a shit a Marshalls, I think. One day we were looking for Christmas gifts, me and Leanne, and we saw this Golden Girls magnet set where you unfold the whole kitchen and it's got little cheesecakes you can put on the table. It's got all four of the main girl characters, and you can place them on your fridge. It's so awesome! It's one of the best things I've bought in the last five years, hands down. What other magnetic surfaces can you place those? That was very know, fascinating. I, you can place them on your fridge. You can place them. I, on I only your, place uh, magnets on my fridge, so I don't really go outside car. the fridge. You can place them on so. your car door, maybe on the, Ooh. the fucking hatch. Yeah, you could do didn't that. I think about that. Okay, that'd be fun. Uh, you could. Oh, you could put them inside your your work shed when you got like a little piece of <laughs> work metal shed. there. Yeah, Mike Dobie's work shed. Put on the side of your weed work shed doing. Put on the side of your lawnmower <laughs> when you're fucking mowing the lawn. You could just. I do mow the lawn, by the way. I do mow the lawn now. I'm the guy. I finally done it at 42. I mow our lawn with the with the standard motorized push mower. So I'm oh, doing that, that now, and I'm responsible for that. Well, with that Blanche magnet on it, you really just fucking mow the shit out of that, don't you? you just fucking <laughs> kill it. I mean, yeah, a lot of people would like to see that end, but not me. I love it. So. Well, here's... Love to see a guy like me, a guy like you on business. Here's my here's how my brain works. Uh, 99 times out of 100, I have no thoughts on something until somebody brings it up. And then all oh, of a sudden, boy. I feel like I've got a million. Uh, <laughs> Golden Girls. First of all, Golden Girls. Like, I I think the like weird. I think the weird like upsurge was mostly ironic to begin with. It's like, yeah, okay. So we got that. But there, it is. It is a pleasant show. It's it's very nice. You know, obviously, it was. I'm not. I can't remember last time I watched it. Can you? No, no. I just remember it being, it was like pleasant, you know, it's like, it's, it's old ladies being wacky, you know, and like, you know, Oh, Blanche, Blanche has got too many dates tonight, you know, and it's one of those <laughs> things. It's fucking hilarious. It's nothing to do with me. Also, Betty White became a pop culture icon until she died. That yes. was another part of it. That's a key part of it. She's clearly the most famous of all of them. Yes. And I think she is probably, yeah, you're right. She's probably the fucking reason that it had a weird second life. Mm -hmm. And but but our our age of irony, you know, that shit gave it like wheels that it didn't have. It wasn't like that great of a fucking show. I mean, it was a good show for what it was. It was directed toward the right people. I find it uh, interesting to look at it now because I'm looking at a lot of shows like that from the 80s and 90s in a similar framework. They are entirely classless. You're missing the key part of all this. This is what it's all about. Travel down 
This is why the show will always endure. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, this is first rate. Yeah, I am no, the TV these, theme these song show, master, so the, you are the you are the absolute greatest. Uh, you are no, you're you're a king. Um, I've hijacked parties with TV theme songs for hours, which is so dumb, but yes. it's true. It's happened. Yes. In fact, it, it happened like a year happened. ago, less than a year ago that happened. So it still happens many many times. Uh, but <laughs> always, it's always what what happens is it's like instant irritation and nobody can no one can like think about anything else except what the fuck are we listening to and then it just turns into total laughter after it's finally over it's like a it's an, an immense uh an immense like pain and then catharsis so it's great yeah but yeah no these shows they're they're totally classless and that's always true here we go <laughs> Oh man, I don't even remember watching this show. Airwolf? I don't even remember the song. Like, I don't know anything about Airwolf other than the song. Dude. I know it's a helicopter involved. Yes, this show sucks. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It just was so fucking bad. <laughs> the intro was the coolest part. This is amazing. I love this song. Oh, it's a very uh, well-written song. I believe it's written by uh, the same guy who did Miami Vice song, what, the theme song for the TV show? What's his face? He became like a fucked-up alcoholic and drug addict. He, I think he's dead, man. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know what I'm talking about? Yon, no, uh, Yon something, so. Good God. <laughs> and then this show... This show featured a former NFL player playing a cop. Fuck. And all I remember was like a long gun with the intro. Like a line that went through it. Very strange show. Hunter. <laughs> right now I feel like I'm seven years old and I'm sitting at my divorced father's living room on like a <laughs> shitty uh, Magnavox TV that's got the wood paneling on it. Those Remember Magnavox. those TVs in the 80s? Yeah. The TV... The TV that defined the 80s to me is the one from the Burbs that Tom Hanks has in his bedroom when he wakes up in the morning. He's drinking his OJ. It's that classic wood-paneled Magnavox. I, we had the same TV in 1988, oh, yeah, I swear. The, UH, the UHF channel knob yep. and the VHF uh, channel knob. You, you would go back and forth and try to find try to find a frequency. All right, I go a whole tangent. I'm going to ruin the show if I do that. Yeah, We're running we out of time, so do that literally for another hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, and plus, Easily. I'd love to get some of John Scott's thoughts on that. I bet he's got a lot to say about that. Oh stuff. my god, yeah, he's going to be annoyed that he missed that. Um, as far as Rich's second point about Genesis versus Super Nintendo, to me, I was one. I'm just a Sega Genesis guy. We didn't have Super Nintendo, so it really just came down to that. There was either the rich kids who had both or you got to choose one. So you either had Genesis or SNES. And I know, Luke, you definitely had SNES because one of your favorite games ever was uh, Link, Link to the Past. Yes, yes, Link to the Past. On SNES, and, which and might be the be... best Zelda game ever. 
best best Zelda game ever. My well, uh, Rich Rich will argue this because he knows oh, yes. the best Zelda game ever is the one that uh, basically kept him out of uh, his classes for about <laughs> an entire semester. Which I is can see it right college. now. <laughs> I can see it right. I can see him down and hang out, night, in the, uh, hang out the room. It was a weekend. It was a Saturday. And Ocarina of Time had just come out. So it was 1998, Zelda Ocarina of Time on Nintendo 64. (laughs) And Rich was just locked in. In, even in his dorm room, which he didn't even like spending much time in. But there he was in his own dorm room. No, he hated it. He hated being there. (laughs) Yeah, he commandeered the television and he went to town. (laughs) He was so happy. And yes, that game, I mean, Ocarina of Time is... It's so that's beautiful. probably it's the best. Incredible that, that is that is probably the best. But to the SNES versus Genesis question. So Genesis was always like it was always about like sports, uh, fighting and yeah, heavy sports. It was all like action. It was always like gunfire and fighting. And so it was actually probably the most like the most fucking like uh, reactionary platform there was. Whereas SNES was like goofy. Bullshit. But it was fun. I just liked it for Zelda. Well, this is also one of my favorite things to do. Is the music from Ocarina of Time is outstanding. No, Ocarina. Yeah, that's true too. Ocarina of Time is a beautiful soundtrack. Really well done. Isn't this the like beginning when you wake up and you are like maybe late and you're, and you're like. Uh, yeah, that's Zelda's lullaby, I think. But this is played by oh, yeah, yeah, Sleeping yeah. Phoenix, who I don't know. I just picked on a team. Actually, this is much better. These St. Louis Ocarina Trio, which is on Spotify. <laughs> There's a woman oh, with a, a fife or, a, an, you know, a pipe on the cover. And she looks like she's from Zelda. It's hilarious. So here we go. This is much better. This is much more my speed. This is how it's done. That's how you cover it. Yes. On the album's called... Echoes of Gerudo Valley. <laughs> Echoes of Gerudo Valley. That's the name of the album. Oh my god. We are making a very rich specific episode right now. He's gonna love every second of that. Yeah, I listen to this he stuff to this. chill out. I still do. I used to listen to stuff when I studied when I was at Michigan. <laughs> I put this stuff on repeat for hours. It was good study music. There's no <laughs> lyrics. It really uh, oh I really god. found it. I found it soothing. Oh my this is God. Zelda's lullaby, yep. by the way. You have to play this to like unlock something in the game with the uh, ocarina, of course, which is key to the game. It's not just called the Ocarina of Time. No. The least right. angry thing <laughs> I like listening to is bad religion. Honestly, that's like <laughs> that's like the lowest level of anger that I can listen to. That's true. That's you. That fucking that's you and weird. Me. We're different floaty, people. It turns that out weird floating shit. Yeah. Yeah, our 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 like our synopsis are totally fucking different. Oh my god, we're so fucked out of time now. God damn it, boy, this show. All right, hold on. Let's let's like let's rip through another email. Come on, let's go. All right, Rich. Uh, I really want to talk more about the Sega versus SNS thing. We'll go back to that next week. So ah, if anything, it gives you a reason to come back. No, I want to talk more about that. I got well, more. Things. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, Danny's up next. Danny wrote a really long email. Danny, this is the worst. You always write super short emails, but this time you went super deep. Fuck. I asked uh, him a question. That might be my fault. Okay. Oh, is that what it was? I sent him no, an email because yeah, I was really did. curious. I was really curious about his thoughts on uh, Pistol Pete because I was watching. We could do Pistol Pete next week. I think maybe that that might work. 
Okay, let's. Danny, your, your email like, is so uh, involved. I want to read it at least. Let me read you Danny's right. email. Okay. Yo, I shouldn't have, I have a lot have of asking such an involved question. That was no, you fault. should. This is good for the show. We want to interact with everybody. If you want to be a part of the emails, is it safe pod at gmail.com? Please email us. We love this shit. We live for it. It's it's all about getting connections. The show oh, is done. Not we're not here to just like talk out into the ether. It's about connecting with other people and see what they have to say. And going back to what we talked about earlier on this show today, Luke, you asked me, hey. Do you have conversations with people about the challenges of our society and such? Or And I told you I was kind of not doing that at all. This is really my outlet to do that. And that's why I love this show so much. We could talk about anything, but I also get to go on my own soapboxes here and express myself and let you know how I really feel about really important shit. So when you guys respond to the emails, that means everything to me. That's why I want to do this show. Wait, I wait, mean, wait, hold on. Uh we do have to, we do have to address something real quick because he said on an episode a long time ago, Luke mentioned that he doesn't like hearing about the rise of mental health awareness in the context of his. Yeah, own. I was going to read that. Oh, perfect. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to read the whole email. Here we go. So this is Danny's email. It's a long one. Yo, I have a lot of respect for the pistol. And no, I haven't seen that flick that Luke mentioned. Maravich averaged some preposterous figures during his college career at LSU. 35 plus points per game before the three point line. And he was a stylistic enigma. Yeah, during his time in the NBA. Flashy, showy, and brilliant. The reason I've never cared a ton for him is he kind of had an inconsequential NBA yes. career. He made four All-Star oh, games, true. one scoring title, but he never factored into any high-level and or playoff teams. That is true. Correct. An important player stylistically. Losing teams. It's not, yeah, but sometimes, you know, basketball is a sport where you individually can affect it a little bit more than others, but it's still a team game. Mm -hmm. Jordan still need Pippen, etc. Anyways, sure. an important player stylistically, but somewhat irrelevant player in broad strokes of league history. Thanks for asking, Luke. Question for this week. I really appreciate you guys talking about mental health stuff last week. I've had my issues my whole adult life, and while my remedies and recognition have gotten better with time, my mind still spins. Familiar negative patterns with different color and texture. I'm in a good groove with the therapist I have here in Anchorage, and we do a lot of self-empathy stuff. It's hard for me to not be relentlessly self-critical sometimes, so reframing a more positive version of myself and my actions does help a lot. On an episode a long time ago, Luke mentioned that he doesn't like hearing about the rise of mental health awareness in the context of his own Maybe you feel differently now, Luke, but that really stuck with me because I couldn't disagree more. I feel better about sharing struggles with the broader audience of people in my life now, even via email to one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> During undergrad, I took Lexapro for a while, and I remember not wanting anyone to know about that shit. Now, I am way more transparent about how I'm feeling, and surely some of that is maturity and experience with how my psychological apparatus works, but definitely some of that is cultural acceptance for which I'm grateful. My question mm -hmm. is, where do we draw the line with self-help, self-care stuff? I still want to identify shortcomings and failures that are my own, but it's hard to parse them from always telling myself that everything's okay. And so many of my mistakes are the yield of psychological miscalibrations. Is this hmm. why everyone is growing up soft? Later, boners. <laughs> Danny. Okay. Uh... By the way, last week, Luke, I, I was really pleased with what you had to say there. You you actually talked about some of your current situations sure. and personal issues. And I, I thought it was really refreshing. And I think people like Danny were drawn to that and appreciate that. So I know that's not always easy for you to do. And this is a show that goes out into the world. But I think what we find more often than not is that 
self-critical stuff is almost it's kind of a universal thing to a generation it seems like i don't think it's yeah <laughs> a unique personality defect i really don't no it's 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 true uh <clears throat> okay to i guess to kind of like settle just to settle the issue i, I probably whatever i had said maybe like many many episodes ago is probably uh an attempt to an attempt to i don't know i i suppose uh <laughs> buttress myself against you know maybe people that you know people that know me or you know even my wife hearing this and thinking that i was being too uh, forthcoming with information i mean ultimately you know i am mike knows this i am a fucking open book i will literally tell you anything that that i am going through and i think that is probably the best form of therapy is just having somebody or even forcing somebody to talk to you about something some people don't want to listen or some people need to like you know learn how to listen and some people need to learn how to like be able to provide some feedback and be comfortable with it I, I find that, you know, the most help I can provide anybody else is when they don't think anyone's listening to them and I can actually absorb what they're saying and give them. It's not about solving problems. It's about understanding that, yeah, living in this world, Mike, as you said last week, you know, we are living in a world un under capitalism, which means that we are constantly uh, struggling to survive and everybody, nobody has any fucking like gray matter to spare on a daily basis to do the things that they want to do no one has that kind of creative uh, outlet that creative catharsis and so we're all in a sense constantly fucking struggling and so to to be uh to be part of that be part of that discourse part of that conversation and to be completely fucking wide open and to not judge anybody about the kinds of shit that you know they're going through and being open about the shit that you're going through is you know it's absolutely fucking uh important and again to settle the record uh i've struggled with depression my whole life uh i struggle with i have you know anxiety disorder i have adhd and it's it, it is a non-stop fucking battle and I, I do what I can. A lot of people don't want to hear it. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear the the gripes and the the complaints. But I never think of those things as gripes and complaints when anybody else wants to talk about it. So mm. that's it. And, you know, uh, whatever I said, maybe in a previous episode, I hope that didn't come off the way that Danny, uh, Danny relayed it to us here. But I don't agree with. I guess I don't agree with myself. If he if he uh, relayed that correctly, and that's what I said in a previous episode, then I I misspoke and did not attend, intend that to be the the case. So message constantly uh, constant work in progress. And thanks for listening. Oh yeah, nobody's expecting much out of you. That's fine. That's beautiful. Well said. Look, I think what you found from that previous episode, wherever it was. Yeah, sometimes Luke says stuff, and then and there was a period there, too, a lot of episodes where next week you'd be like, oh, God, I, I said that. So I think uh, Luke has also gotten much yeah, better Mike at how is... we do the show and the structure of the show. This is so true. He's much more 
much more confident in what he's talking about week to week, and he's getting stronger. Luke had never done a show like this. I never did a show like this either, so what am I saying? We're all doing the show as a chance to grow as people, entertain you, inform you, uh, provide you a little bit of everything. Parts of all of us come through in the show, from John Scott to Luke to myself. Absolutely. that's fun. Deep deep down, I think, you know what I think is actually coming through? I think what's coming through is that there's a heart to this show, and I, I think that's probably the most important thing we're, we're not just we all got opinions and all that but you know what like with john scott uh you me i think we just have we just we literally we care <laughs> we care a lot you know yes. we care a lot about what people are going through we care a lot about our friends care about our loved ones care about people in the world like it's just it's like overriding to me all the time not overriding mm-hmm. um you know you know what i mean it, it just exudes oh, sure. i think and and sometimes when you know sometimes when we're being opinionated i'm glad to be called out for that so i actually appreciate that because you know what sometimes i need to be able to check myself in the moment Absolutely. so thank you danny thank you danny and uh i'm always happy to continue this conversation me too and we're gonna keep doing that we are got mr pink we got your email here and it's a really good one, but we're going to save it for next week. So please bear with us because we're out of time. And also Richard's second email. He's so excited to find the show and be a part of it now. He wrote us another email, <laughs> and we're going to table that one so we can dive into your concerns about Winnie the Pooh. I'll give you a little teaser on that one, everybody. Winnie the Pooh talk next week. And Mr. Pink's talk about what is being messaged. What, How is messaging happening, and where did it come from, and... How did it come to be? That's all really good stuff. So if you guys want to email the show, isitsafepod at gmail.com. We got, you know, we just said messages a lot. Message. Hit a lot of message buttons today. So there's always messaging (laughs) in this show. But yeah, we love doing the show. John Scott's with us. He's not going anywhere. He's just busy right now. So hang tough, hang tight. And don't forget that you can rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Help the show grow. Give us those reviews. Just take a moment of your time. If you haven't done it, please do it real quick. Just get in, get out. Get on with your life. Uh, I figured we'll close today's show with this Ooh. song, which is, uh, you know, I this album came out in summer of 99, and it was it was a banger. I still love this album. <laughs> and it has something to do with, uh, you know, mental health. It does. It's called Adam's Song by Blink-182. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is, uh, I was so f- stupid when I was 18, and I heard this. I thought that, like, my life was over. I hear the song, and I'd be stoned, and I'd get super freaked out. So dumb. Thanks, everybody. Love you, everyone.